Hello and welcome back to the Big Strong Leicester Boys podcast. So, yeah, we have a different feel to this week's pod. Uh, the first time we're not going to be talking off the back of a win, a 1-0 defeat to Hull. I mean, that's probably a pun there, isn't there? Um, but we'll ignore the the obvious ones uh, for that one. So we'll talk about that. Um, delighted to say on the pod today, we've got Jordan. We've got Ric Flair. Uh, Jack is on holiday um, in Portugal, I believe. Well, I know he's in Portugal. Um, so quickly, we'll say hi to these boys. And um, and then we'll reveal a, a, a guest um, host for this evening, replacing um, Jack. I mean, maybe even permanently, Jack, if, you, if you're listening, mate, depending on, on how he does. Um, but Jordan, mate, we'll come to you first. How are you? Are you good? Are you well? I'm very well, mate, other than the defeat at the weekend. But, you know, it was always going to happen sooner or later. So at least it's out of the way. Um, legs are good after yesterday, mate. Me and you doing the big half, the big, strong Leicester boys. And thankfully, I mean, it was hot, but Jesus Christ, today is absolutely <laughs> roasted. I'm really hot and bothered. But other than that, mate, I'm all good. Yes, no, me and, me and Jordan doing the half marathon in London at the weekend. Managed to see him before we started. Um, dressed in, I think we were probably the pair of us in the most garish running outfits going, aren't we, to be fair? Um, so, yeah, uh, we, we perhaps then didn't look our best afterwards. I think you look probably a little bit better than me. Um, you, great you event, were... but I didn't, didn't enjoy it, I'll be honest. No, it was very hot. The last six kilometres was was tough, and there was a yeah. lot of people unconscious around me. Yes. I um, mean, we, we, we're not joking. Genuinely, it was that warm. And there was a water cannon about 15 kilometres to, like, spray people, cool people down. I stood in it for about 10 seconds, um, and that was the best part um, of that run. But anyway, uh, Rick, um, did you do any half marathons at the weekend, pal? Uh, felt like I did, but no. Um, <laughs> I saw you, but I can't believe that you did that in that heat yesterday. Mm. That's uh, unbelievable. But I'm down in London today and the BO on the tube was something else. <laughs> and that was just me. Don't know about anyone else. But um yeah. Yeah, no, I'm all right, mate. Um yeah, a bit disappointed about the result, but I actually didn't think we played that bad, funnily enough, but we'll get on to that. Yeah, no, we will. I mean, just a, a quick one on, on marathons while whilst we have mentioned it. I mean, Jordan's got a full marathon, you're off to Berlin, aren't you, in a, in a few weeks? And then me and Jack are in Cologne the week after that doing a marathon. So, um, yeah, hoping and praying it's it's not anywhere near as warm as what it was um, at the weekend because I won't lie. As I, as I was running, that's all I was thinking about, thinking how on earth am I going to do this for, for twice the distance? But but anyway. Well, that's, that's also why I don't do any exercise because I feel like I need to represent normal human beings, fat plebs, because you three are just putting us all to shame doing marathons, half marathons, high rocks, beetroot and tuna sandwiches and all that. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I used to do exercise until I came on here and then now I've had to step back, take one for the team. <laughs> well, look, um, let's introduce our uh, guest host uh, for today's podcast. And look, he's he's a big, strong Leicester boy, quite literally, and he's, he's just been to the gym. Um, let's welcome the one and only Pussyman Dan. Dan, how are you, mate? Oh, I'm glad I was muted because I just slagged you all off. So, you know, like, well, no, honestly, I'm a, no, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Some straight from the gym. Wanted to keep in theme with the podcast, obviously. Um, so, yeah, it's really a bit disappointed with the result on Saturday. Um, but I, again, I agree with I didn't think we played that bad. Really didn't think we played that bad. Mm. Um, but I think, I think it's just one of them where there is, I think there's going to be about eight games a season where that happens and we're still going to go up comfortably. 
you 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 sit relatively close to or stand relatively close to Jordan, don't you, uh, Dan? At the I do, I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So, um, so Dan, last week it was our, our one year anniversary um, of the podcast. We wanted to get to get you on there. So, look, um, back when we announced we were going to do this this podcast, and you know, we announced it was going to be called the the Big Strong Leicester Boys. Obviously, loads of people um, pointed out that, that this was a, a name. Um, that basically you created, right? You know, you are the ultimately the original big strong Leicester boy. Um, how did you feel about us effectively stealing this name? As I told them to, and I'll tell you, uh, I was absolutely fine with it, but I said I'll, I'll act, I'll act annoyed because I think you can make some money, and I want in on that. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like you know, you get you get some big guests on. Do you know what I mean? So I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm totally cool with it, but if being a bit mixed helps things, then yeah, let's go for it. And that's, that's what I was like. But, no, honestly, I was buzzing. I was just like, you know, as I said, you all work, you work in media. Um, you know, you've got the uh, credentials to get big guests on. I was like, I'm pretty honoured that um, I did some of the youth for it. That's all right. And you, and you took it. That's absolutely fine. I wanted to do anything with it, wasn't I? So, no, I was, I was buzzing. Mm. Well, look, uh, Dan, you are like genuinely like a a Leicester legend. Like people absolutely love you on on Twitter, and we we regularly share. Yeah, someday, someday. Yeah, no, <laughs> mate. We, we we well, I mean, I I definitely do. I, I share some of your tweets in in our WhatsApp group. I think they're absolutely hilarious. Um, like, Laura was seen it. Well, this was I was about to ask. Obviously, I know Laura, you know, and I, I, I'll be honest, mate. I've I've not I've not spoken about you to to Laura, and obviously she's 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 keep, she's keep it. She's keeping me secret. That's the thing. I really... Yes. Yeah, right. I, I thought she was doing the same about me, mate. But I mean, she, she definitely replies to more of your tweets than mine. Wow. So I think she just really likes me, Jake. Yeah. She likes well, you. That's, I mean, that's the difference. Talk, talk us right. through the, you know, the, the, the magic of Whoa. Pussy Man Dan. Whoa, how, because how do you get Laura to reply? Women's football activists. I'm the only man that does it. You don't. There's, there's a difference. <laughs> um, I, was, I was in Australia watching the match and you were... Getting sexist in the day, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> how dare you? I would never. And, and, you know, women, women just go for it. Do you know what I mean? That's what they're like. Mm, yeah. yeah, especially Laura. I mean, after a year of tweeting, I think she probably just thought, oh, can I shut this guy up? And then, <laughs> yeah. um, because I, I don't think I've actually tweeted it since because I'm happy now. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Now I'm happy like, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, it was, I was trying to get a reply to her on my jammer, so. Laura's won that one. I'm sure Maya Jammer's absolutely devastated. But... <laughs> uh, Rick, you got a question, mate? Yeah, it's just, it's on similar lines to um, responses from from women on Twitter. But I seem to recall you. What what was you became famous for the big strong Leicester boy song? And yeah, I remember you went on. What was it called? Spaces. It was that, um, yeah, it was it something dialect. Sing yeah, dialect. You're, yeah. you're on there with that um, L Brook, weren't you? Did you have a bit I was, of a? I was. Did you have a bit of a turn with her. That was. Um, bit of a secret. I, mean, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't shag and brag, do I? Do you know what I mean? They were great. No, they were great. Them spaces. It's a shame. I've seen a few videos of hers on the internet. I didn't know if you were going to crop up on any of them. <laughs> nah. It's wow. too, too, yeah. <laughs> no, I, uh, incognito, do you know what I mean? I can't, I can't let everyone name my moves, can I? So, do you, do you still remember all the words to the rap? Uh, good question. Maybe 
Like, I thought you would. Seems no, no. your podcast, mate. No, no. Uh, to be honest, like I haven't even said it probably for uh, well over a year now, actually. And it's funny because I was actually going to tell you that the whole the origin of the joke, like as in not big strong Leicester boys, but just big strong boys, was about 10, 11 years old. Um, it was just when I was at uni and um, I was just going to the gym. And instead of just calling it going to the gym, I was like, me and my mate used to go. And I said, oh, we called it Big Strong Boys Wednesday or something like that. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. that's what we called going to the gym. And then literally about six years later, I mean, no one, no one even sort of noticed at the time. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like, well, I didn't really have any followers on Twitter. So whatever I was saying was kind of falling on deaf ears. But, and then once I started saying it again, like people for some reason found it really, really funny. So that was, and then I just added Leicester on the end. And then obviously I made that song and I sang it in the pub. I think I sang it Duffy's. And then, um, and then they put the video on and then I sang it leads away and it was getting like, oh, it just went up. And then the, when that singer dialects come on, um, so I think one of my mates, um, who I still go football, you might name Jalen Holder. He said to me, he was like, oh, why don't you just go on a singer? And I was like, well, they're not going to get me on either because all these like, you know, footballers are coming anyway. So I went on and then I started singing it and I sang it again. And then all I know is that Doosby Hall was in the space, Ramsdale, uh, <laughs> I was like, there was these, all these, and then. Well, I remember my followers count was like 2,000 and my phone was literally freezing because it went 4,000, 6,000, 8,000, 10,000. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. I was like, come on, that's funny, was it? <laughs> but, like, but, then, but then there was, um, oh, there was another footballer on. Oh, it was it? Uh, I mean, I don't think, yeah, no, he wasn't, he wasn't in that, but he was, no, he was on it, but he yeah. wasn't in my space. There was like, there was like four footballers. Um, one was definitely Doosby Hall and then uh, one was Aaron Ramsdale and there was a couple of others. I can't remember off the top of my head who they were. But it just, it just went absolutely mental. And then it almost went overnight of just sort of like everyone just sort of saying like at the next game obviously started recognizing stuff. And it's it's absolutely fine. I obviously don't mind it at all. But um yeah, it just was it wasn't even like a gradual thing, it was just uh, zero to boom. Do you know what I mean? It was like that. Yeah, so, it was, it's, quite, it's, quite, it's, it's funny, mate, because I, I went out to, to Nappy and I I remember I was flying out on my own and I was meeting George out there. I remember I was genuinely I was I was sat there in, in the airport. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I put on my, my Instagram or whatever, they flying out to Napoli. And I had a, a mate who supports Blackpool message me, who, I, who mm-hmm. I went to uni with weirdly. And he was like, "Get, make sure you get a picture with Pussy Man Dan. I replied to him, I said, Who the hell is Pussy Man Dan? <laughs> so obviously, yeah, that, out of context, yeah, out of context, yeah. that just sounds like what, what, what that's weird, isn't it? But it just like, shows even in context, it's weird. How quickly it just went for went overnight yeah. that you know you um, you know suddenly everyone knew who you were and then weirdly mm-hmm. enough on that first night it was the Wednesday when we were in Napoli and not that many Leicester fans were out there and you were one of them um, and we yeah. were walking around for ages trying to find find bars I actually went on Fox's talk to find out where some of the Leicester fans were and we found some Irish bar and, and lo and behold um, there you were in in the Irish bar in 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 Napoli um, yeah so. Yeah. Just, I had about two hours done. sleep. Yeah. Oh, I've never been so knackered in my life. It was like, I think we flew out maybe like 6.30 in the morning. Um, and we got there at like, what? That's like a two-hour flight. And six hours, it rained like the whole trip was holding. I remember we just absolutely just like, threw it down like the whole time. And like eight hours with sort of walking around Naples trying to find things to do is a very long time. It, is, it, weren't, it weren't the nicest place in the world, let's be honest. But yeah. um, <laughs> no, no that, I think that was, that was like the first game. Um, so I remember like the whole theme of one of the spaces was basically like me talking about going to Naples and I kept on calling it nipples. And then um, obviously, and then that was one of the things as well. So kind of under pressure to deliver when I was on that trip because obviously I had a reputation of being like, this is not like, the roughest trip that's ever going to happen. Are we going to have, sorry? And it turns out they had like 20 fans at the game. So yeah. yeah. 
Um, with, with with some of your tweets, Dan, do you do you like give them lots of of thought, or do you literally no. just write whatever's in your head and as random and, and as whatever? And you know, well, no, because the more you the more you think about it, like I think it's sure that you can't. You're probably trying too hard. I mean, that's yeah. how I see it. I mean, there is people that can do that where like they'll sit down and they can just like write whatever and whatever. Unless it comes to me straight away, like there's, I've never and I can hand or not say this, I've never sat down all day and like thought, what am I going to tweet today? Because people say that as well. They say like, oh, like why is he why is he doing all this on Twitter? It must take it so much time. It's like it makes like thirty seconds to send a tweet. You know what I mean? It's like it's not that it's not that long. It's not like long out your day. So therefore, say, say I'm probably spending what like say three four tweets. Say I like two minutes out of your day. It, it really you're going to spend yeah. two minutes doing some a lot worse than that. Isn't it? But yeah, I could I couldn't say anything of it because it just wouldn't come to me. It'd be one of them where it just would be it'd come across as so unauthentic and just yeah, bad. Yeah. When, yeah. when you're when you're not on Twitter and when you're not at, at yeah. Leicester games, are you pussy man down to everyone? Not my grandma, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like at work, like I'm talking about where where's the most random places that you're pussy man down? You want to know the most random place you've been recognised, you mean? Well, I mean, oh, right, in, I get... in, just in life, but yeah, all equal, equally, some of the most random could, places as well. I could tell you the random places I'm recognised. I was literally, this is, uh, I was in uh, Thailand a few months ago, and I was, we went, we took this like, day trip, we went to this, I don't know if you've ever been to Thailand, but it was a place called Koh Samui. It's absolutely nowhere near anywhere. It's like 50 miles away from like the nearest bit of land, so it's just a big sea, and then there's a beach, and there's like this, there's a load of pigs on this island. It went, oh, are we cool? So I went for a day. Everyone was obviously pretty on over, and we went on this boat, and it was, and, I, and like, went snorkeling, got off the boat, um, went straight on the beach, and sat down, like, just to get a drink and have some sweets, and see the pigs. And then, uh, some of sorts turned around, I was off seats, and I'm going, hey, are you a pussy man down? I turned around, I was like, sure. <laughs> like, some Robin fan, he was a Robin fan with his bird. I was just, I was like, mate, we're like 50 miles from the nearest bit of land on a country that, like, there's not many English people in this little district of where we were either. Yeah. I was, I was like, I was like, really? And he was like, can I show you? I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, and then, like, he did his message. They travelled around, like, the whole world. They were going, like, India, somewhere, somewhere, somewhere. And I was like, Jesus Christ. I was like, that, that is mental. And then it happened again as we were on the bus back to the, uh, back to, like, the sort because they gave us, like, a shuttle bus back to the, like, resort thing. And it happened again. And I, I, was, I was just like, right, so if I'm going to get recognised there, and then it should have pretty much happened anyway. Isn't it? I think I've pretty much got to go to the north central of the islands now to sort of, <laughs> <laughs> sort of, you know, get away from it. But, no, it was, yeah, it was, it was a good laugh. Um, I'd say my mum and my dad does know about it. Yeah, uh, the account. The account. He only knew about it because someone left a comment about me on the Leicester Mercury uh, website after after um, Rem, and yeah. he was like, that, "He was like, that's you in it." I was like, yeah. "No," <laughs> but he was like, "I know you're lying." I was like, "All right, well, why'd you ask me?" Then? But yeah. Oh, mate, we'll, we'll let you go in a couple of moments. Um, but just yeah, quickly, on the actual football itself, I mean, what, what, what do you reckon then to Leicester? Do you think we'll get promoted this year? You're not too concerned about yeah, the defeat yeah. of the weekend. No, no, absolutely not. No, and I, th- I think the thing is, like, I said at the start of the season, you could feasibly, feasibly lose 14 games and still go up because that has happened. When we got promoted last time, I'm pretty sure we lost maybe 10, I think it was. We lost a lot, but we didn't draw that many. Uh, even Burnley started pretty sure pretty badly last season. So, yeah, I th- I'm, I'm not, I'm not worried. I think it's one, of, you know, it's one of them games where everyone, where everyone's cup final of the season, and, and I get, and I get why. We've got the best team, we've got the most money, so we are the scout. Um, so you've got, we were never going to go the whole season and beat us. 46 games. If we lose eight of them. And we only draw a few. I think I think we'll probably go off. It doesn't matter if we win the league. I, I don't care about that much, to be honest. As long as you go up, that's fine. Um, I just think I just do think that'll be harder than people think. And um, that's the thing. I think 
I saw one of my mates' uncles predicted we were going to get like 106 points or something. And I was like, well, yeah, it just doesn't happen, is it? No, no, probably not. Well, we'll see. Um, Dan, massively, massively appreciate um, you coming on, on the pod um, today. Surreal experience, Absolutely, Pussy Man Dan and Ric Flair on the same podcast. <laughs> need a night, need a night out next, don't we? Yes. We do. You, no, you're yeah, invited, yeah. mate. You are you need to get a, you need, you're, you're invited to thank us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to make it happen. All right, Dan, mate, really appreciate your time. Are you taking yeah, care? We'll get back on the pod. Cheers, mate. There we are. Jordan, Ric Flair and Pussy Man Dan on the same podcast. And I feel now we all know a little bit more about the man, the myth, the legend that is Pussy Man Dan. I think I feel like it's a really big exclusive. And we've, you know, we've had some big names. Yes. That's bigger than Lineker for me. This will, this will do more numbers than Lineker. <laughs> the thing is, it actually will. <laughs> I mean, if we laugh, it actually genuinely will. He's the people's hero. He yeah. really is the people's hero. I, um, I mean, I'm in a WhatsApp group with my mates from uni still. Um, I don't see him anywhere near as much as I should, but one of the lads uh, popped a message the other day. And he goes, do you, do you know this lad? Dan. I was like, mate, he stands like two seats away from me at the King Power. He's like, mate, he's hilarious on Twitter, isn't he? What, what's he like in real life? I was like, to be honest, I've only spoke to him a few times and he, he seems completely normal and very quiet. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's he's Twitter famous and I'm not just, even on Twitter and I know I just, I just wonder though, at what point, I said mentioned his, his dad there, finding out that he, that he is Pussy Man Dan. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it, his job... You know, at family occasions, like his his sister and her mates. Do you, do you, I don't even know if he's got a sister, but do you know what I mean? Like, what? How far does the news spread of Pussy Man Dan? And at what point in your life do you stop being Pussy Man Dan, or is he just going to be forever? Do you know what I mean? Is that just him now? I think it's him. I mean, he's, he's a legend. Own it. It's mm, bad exactly. enough me. Tr- being Rick Flair, that's embarrassing mm. enough. I have to explain it away, but yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. At least it's not a minge in the name. Well, yeah, but look, I'm also a, a genuine Leicester fan. You know, he is. You know, everywhere yeah. I, I, I've been, you know, we can all say if George sits next to me at the King Power. You know, I was, I was there in Napoli, um, and there was, I think it was 500, and I think it was a generous 500 that went out there. Mm. And I said, and that's on the Wednesday night. Um, or maybe it was even the Tuesday. I think I went out a couple of nights ago. But anyway, Dan was there. Went to Wren. Dan was there. Was there in, in Eindhoven. I, I told this story before when, when Owen Palmer Atkin came on the on the pod that me and Owen and Pipes were stood there in the square having a chat. And then there was Pussy Man Dan, just as the, the four and it was just remembering it and thinking what a surreal experience it was. But he's there. He, he's, he's home and away. And yeah, and, um, a lot of time for him. Um, I personally find him very, very funny on Twitter. And I know lots of people do as well. Oh, um, so, uh, Jack, you may well have been replaced mate we'll we'll have a chat after the podcast so if jack's not back next week <laughs> you know what's happened he's had he's had he's had the chop um rick let's talk about the actual game then from sure. yesterday because i'm sure that's what people probably came for a little bit um yeah. what did you make of it it is a defeat um mm. you were there it was by all accounts what i'm i'm hearing from the general consensus was that it wasn't that bad and we've maybe played worse and, and won so far this season? Or was this a, a bit of a wake-up call? Because we haven't been, um, I don't personally think, outstanding in, in the games that we have won this year. A bit of both. Um, 
I think I've I've sort of stewed on it a little bit and reflected, and I'm, I was a bit annoyed at the end of Saturday because I thought that first half we were we weren't intense enough. Second half, when we made the subs, we were much better going for it. But I've thought about it and I've watched the extended highlights again, and we didn't play badly. And you, you look at oh, oh, bit of Leicester Fiesta there. Um, yeah, and, and Hull had the worst, and I don't like to quote XG because it used to irritate me, but it is an indicator of what's going on. Hull didn't do a lot. They had the, they, they scored the goal, which was a bit fortuitous. Arguably, they may have then thought, well, let's sit, let's shut up shop and see what Leicester do rather than keep going for it. But, you know, we, we sort of controlled the game. And first half, you know, McAteer played well. He was probably the only one in the first half that impressed me. Um, and then second half, when they made the changes, you know, Fatawu, uh, Kasadai, etc., come on, we looked a lot more direct and we had enough chances to get rescue a point, if not win it. So I just think there's a lot going on in my mind because like you, I was not massively blown away by what we'd been doing prior to Saturday. But that's fine, work in progress and all that. But at some point, we, I don't know, it, it, this probably sounds a bit entitled, but at some point we need to rip a team apart. Scoring two goals a game, yeah, if you scored two goals every game, it would be enough. But we are, we've only scored one, two goals a game. We've never looked like really racking up um, the goals and I think that's a consequence that we're not quite yet able to create enough chances to score our strikers aren't getting any chances you know Vardy had um, a header Ian Acho, I mean he, he nearly missed an open goal um, that was harshly ruled offside but there's not a lot of chances being created for our strikers and um, for me that's a worrying sign at the minute because yes you can overload the, the pitch and get get other players advancing in but ultimately they're not as good a finisher as your striker and we haven't got players like Madison and Barnes anymore so if you've got like your likes of Ben Diddy running on and KDH running on yes they might have four shots a game but they'll probably miss all four whereas if Ian Acho or Vardy or um, Cannon when he comes to if they have two shots they might put one of those away so I do think we need to be careful I think we need to uh, get back to the training pitch and work out what what we're trying to do because, um, yeah, we're still a massive work in progress. But it wasn't that bad. There was plenty of plus points. That Fatawu, which we'll get on to, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm trying not to get too excited because you know what I get like with right <laughs> wingers. But my God, is he a maverick. Yeah, yeah. He looks like a cheat code, doesn't he? He does. He really does. <laughs> you know, just, just, just flew past people. But um, for me, Rick, I think, the the key to unlocking this side you mentioned it and kind of alluded to it in, in previous podcasts for me personally i'd be interested to hear what, what you think is it's it's the midfield two of of Jewsbury hall and, and indeedy or yeah. whoever it is who play in those positions i think in in the window there was so much focus on getting wingers in because obviously we we needed to sign wingers but it just yeah. felt that it was just completely lost on people that within this 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 system that that Maresca wants to play it's it's three in midfield Right. And the, the starter, you know, the, the absolute first name on that team sheet is Harry Winks. That he goes, yeah. gets the ball off the centre half or, or the goalkeeper, or it just goes through him. And then your other two midfielders, the guys who have the, 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 the license to, to kind of bomb on and, and go forward. And we've got a situation here where the two people being asked to do that are quite simply not attacking midfielders. 
they're not creative midfielders. If, if you were going to you know, name the, the top five attributes of, of Kean and Dewsbury Hall, and you mm. bear in mind that, that he's much more of an attacking midfielder than what Wilfred Ndidi is, you still wouldn't have necessarily creativity in the top five of, of Dewsbury Hall's um, attributes. So we've no. got a situation here where we're getting so much of the ball, but when it gets to those two, they get themselves in, in positions and you know that pass out to the wing or that through ball or even that chance when they're coming into the box. Yeah, they're good footballers. We know they are because we know they've, they've done it in the Premier League before, but the role that we've been up, we're asking them to play, it's just not them. And you look around that squad right now and only, the in my mind, the, the two people capable of, of doing it, I think Jusby Hall to an extent, and I think he'll probably, um, you know, as we've mentioned before, there are frustrations with him as a footballer, <laughs> but I still think that he's he's okay in that role. Yeah. But it's Cassidy and then Dennis Pratt. But we now know that, that he's out for for at least two months and certainly not someone we should be relying on um, to, to stay fit at any point throughout the course of the season. But but Rick, I, I just feel that lost within this, this window was a need for a midfielder who can play the system that Enzo Maresca wants us to play. And indeed, in Dewsbury Hall, just for me, can't do it. And, and, and that, for me, is where it's, where it's breaking down in this system, though, in terms of that, that inability to create chances and score more goals. Yeah, I mean, look on transfer deadline day. We tried to sign James McAtee. We wanted him. He was either at the training ground the day before or he definitely spoke to Maresca. So we wanted that type of midfielder. McAtee's like a Madison type a creative attacking midfielder. We didn't get him. We didn't then go and get Elias Chair or someone of, of that mm. ilk. So, um, Maresca isn't... So, he obviously wanted that. It's going to be interesting to see what he now does because you're right. Cassidy is a really curious one for me because so far, I mean, I think we were on about this in the WhatsApp group earlier. He, The way he's playing, he's playing like a striker. He's attacking the box. He's winning balls in the air. We've not actually seen him on the ball much. He's not getting on the ball and progressing it. He's not carrying it forward. Um, I've seen clips of him um, in the Under-20 World Cup where he was top goal scorer, but he was actually getting the ball from deep and taking it forward. So he can do that, but that might not be the role that we want him to play. I don't know, but we, we at least need to increase the supply line because we've got to get that ball in. I mean, we, we've talked about this until we're blue in the face. Ian Acho's not a striker on his own. Jord will be late testing for that. <laughs> I'll be on me and you are more complimentary about him overall. Yeah. But for me, I want Ian Acho to either play behind a striker or not play at all. Mm. Now it'd be a waste not to play him at all, but there's no point playing him up there because he isn't good enough, even with well, we'll see. With Fatawu and Atgun and, and Mavadidi, etc. We've not yet seen it in full throttle, but it just feels at the minute there's a lot of things they're trying to iron out. Is Maketeer better as an eight? I think possibly you could, you know, get the pace of Mavadidi and Fatawu, and then Maketeer as an eight with Kasadai or with KDH. But the first half, we just didn't have that that directness. It was very, you know, we were still taking care of the ball, but it, it whole weren't being threatened other than a few sort of good moves from McAteer, but it broke down a lot. So there's a lot there. I don't know. But yeah, we, we needed a central midfield, like a, a creative midfielder. Um, and we've not got one. Pratt's not around. You know, I trust. He's just not trustworthy even when he's back, is he? Because he'll be out within weeks. So 
we'll see. But um, yeah, I, he's got to um, he's got to find a solution without that. And I think that solution is Ian Acho behind Cannon or Vardy. Mm. Um, not all the while, but I think there's games that that could be a, a possibility. My worry is Moreski's shown zero appetite to ever having two strikes on a pitch. Yeah. You know, two nil up at Burton, two two nil up at Tranmere. Not even bringing, you know, I think at Burton we were two nil up. He didn't even play with the striker. He took Ian Acho off and he didn't bring <laughs> Dakar on. And then chasing a couple of games for the win or to get back into a game like Saturday won't bring two strikers on. That's a worry for me because it shows that. Well, what was the point of keeping Ian Acho? Don't price him out of a move when he isn't a number nine on his own. So there's a few things there that I'm concerned about, but it's early days. I'm not getting, I'm not going to get, I mean, I've read some of the stuff on Twitter. People were, were very, very hysteric on Saturday night. Um, yeah, we'll see. Mm. Yeah, George, I mean, I, again, I think I, I echo Rick in the sense of I don't want to go overboard in terms of when I use the word concern, you know, it's a concern, but not like one that's keeping me up at night. But, you know, Enzo does seem pretty set in terms of the system and the formation that he wants to play. But for me, when I look at that starting lineup in terms of what he sees as his best 11 or certainly what we interpret, it seems like there's too many square pegs in round holes for me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's still early days. And in terms of the defeat, obviously, it, it's never nice losing football matches, as we know, last season. But even worse, when you're losing to Hull City in a division below, it, it stings that little bit extra, especially when those on the Trent are winning at Stamford Bridge. Um, it was a, a pretty poor day. But in, in terms of that, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Um, especially with the international break coming up. We've got two weeks to bed in the new players that we've signed. Um, and I, I still think in, in the games that we were winning, like Rick says, we weren't blowing teams away and we were playing well for maybe 10, 15 minute spells, getting a goal often towards the end of, of the game. And I guess it was always going to come at some point where we're going we're gonna to dominate pretty much every game in terms of possession this season. Um, and there are going to be times, I think, you know, I'm not, I'm not an XG merchant as such, but I think Jack said that Hull had the lowest XG in the championship this weekend. Um, I don't think our XG is particularly high enough. And, I, and, and as Rick said, again, I don't think we're creating a huge amount of chances, but let's not forget that Enzo's not worked with this squad for that long. And, and this weekend handed out two more debuts to two new wingers. Um, and again, you know, they've not been on the training pitch for long enough. So in terms of square pegs and round holes, yes, I, I agree. But, you know, now we've got two weeks to work on, you know, for all you, for all we know, he, he might say, actually, I want to play two up front. Mm. Uh, and now the window's closed. That's what I'm going to do. And the transfer window in itself is, is a nightmare that it closes after the season started. I'm always, I've always thought it should be done before the season starts because, yes, yeah, and you see last season, like the upheaval it causes when players are linked with moves away anyway. So, um, yeah, I, th I think so. But again, like I said, I don't think it's a bad thing. And I, I also think that it's going to give us a bit of a reality, reality check and a bit of a kick up the arse um, for the players to say, actually, you know, we won six out of six in August. Um, and we've lost this one, so we need to bounce back. I mean, there's that old phrase that good teams never lose two in a row, but 
Um, I had a feeling we'd lose against Hull, to be honest, because we had a reasonably good deadline day and everything was pretty rosy. <laughs> and uh, I thought, oh, this can't continue forever. But uh, I, I think, I think you know, like you say, square pegs and round holes is probably fair. But Enzo's still very like new to management, especially in England. Um, and it, it's been a difficult challenge for him. And I think on the whole, the club have had a, a good first month. And, and, you know, you learn more about your team when you lose than when you then you breeze in past sides in League Two. So um you know we'll, we'll see you next week or yeah. week after. So I, I think I'm correct in saying before the game at the weekend you mentioned XG. I mean I, I I do it is a stat I do look to obviously um you know you don't live and die by it but I do think it is a good indicator certainly much better than you know going by possessions or, or shots. Um I would I would I would I would have XG much higher in terms of importance personally anyway but I think before the weekend I think I'm right in saying we were 14th in the league table in terms of XG you know when you consider we'd won all of our games again maybe an indicator that not that we were lucky but just that we hadn't been maybe as convincing as what the league table suggests and I said actually in the spaces that I thought we'd beat Hull no problem I think that the issues may arise the next two games, which are Norwich and Southampton, arguably two of the strongest teams. Well, I mean, my my opinion, probably the two strongest teams away from us in this division. And again, you know, I'm going to use the word concern. Like, you know, it's a concern. Again, not a huge one, but but Jordan, I, I do feel a little bit like that 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 wake up call. I would have much rather it had come after <laughs> a defeat to, to Hull and I'd rather have the wake-up call against a good team as opposed to dropping points against a team at home against teams we we really should be comfortably beating. I know that sounds arrogant, but it's just how I feel, to be honest. Well, we all know your soft spot for Norwich and a, a certain Southampton <laughs> manager, don't we? So we don't need to go over that again. It's um, a bromance with me and Brussels. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean... A Brussels manse. You, you say two of the strongest teams in the league, but Southampton got battered 5-0. They did. And Norwich, and Norwich lost to Rotherham. Yeah, but yeah. they were both both away, weren't they? And, you know, we were at home to, to Hull. Come on, George. But, but, but we're only... solid away. <laughs> I don't know why I'm making such a case for these two teams. I think um, it, it's because I can see it's riding you so I much. Know, I know what you mean. And I, no, and I, can see, I, I can see the danger coming. I, I know what you mean by that, but... But but Hull City have still only lost one out of the first five, so they've started yeah. well, and Preston and Ipswich have started well. But for me, it's the championship all over. Um, yeah, you know, I think well, Cov last season spent until after Christmas in the bottom half, didn't they, or in the bottom three? Mm. Um, so I'm not I'm not overly worried. I mean, like they did start on a points deduction, didn't they? Cov. Well, it was yeah. No, it. it with Cov, what they, happened with them? They played all they, their games they, away from home at the start. That was yeah, it, so it? they were about three or four games behind everyone because they couldn't mm. play the home games. Yeah, that was um, it. And, I knew that and was then something. the away games, I don't think they started majorly well. So, yeah. But yeah. anyway. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean the, the, the two games though, like Norwich and Samden, I'll be honest, look, looking at the way we're playing right now, and this isn't because I've got some bloody soft spot for Norwich, I, I would say right now, Norwich would be favourites to beat us at Carrow Road based on what I've seen from us so far. I, I just feel that they're a much more settled team than us. I just still think that, you know, we talk about this work in progress. Yes, we are. Of course, we are. I'm not going to backtrack on that. Um, and I still do think that, you know, we are favourites for promotion. 
because I think we'll come on stronger. But talking about that game up next at Norwich on basis of what I've seen, I'm 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 not convinced by us at all. I wouldn't be confident of us at all to get that win. And you'll be there with your Norwich City shirt on. Um, <laughs> but no, actually, no, I mean, it's, 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 it's a midweek game, so unfortunately, <laughs> I can't go. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I can't say who I've given my tickets to on here in case someone from the football club's listening. <laughs> so I've given my tickets to someone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Norwich, yeah, definitely are, are a more settled side. But um, the next two away games are obviously very tough. I always find it a bit of an odd one where you always think, oh, well, we'll win at home and draw away. So we'll draw at Norwich and Southampton two points you're better off losing one and winning one so you get three points but obviously when you lose one it's a massive crisis and when you draw it's not so bad so I'd 100% take three points out the next two games win one and lose one and then um, we've got Bristol City and Preston coming up at home and Blackburn away I mean the next run of games is it's very very tricky tough. run isn't it yeah mm. so I mean it, it, like I said it's still only early days and I think that I, not that that defeat was coming, but I, I see what you mean. That we all thought, oh well, we'll go, we'll beat Hull, and then Norwich and Southampton will be the tricky yeah. test. Mm. Um, which I mean, I, I doubt the players would have been doing, but as fans, you can't help but get carried away after you've won six in a row. And like I say, maybe that reality check is a bit of a kick up the backside, and to go to Carrow Road and and get a result. And it, it's early days. Um, you know, the championship doesn't really take shape until about February there's so long left you know like where are Leeds 15th mm. they'll be up there come the end of the season so I really don't think there's anything to worry about and you know Enzo calls it the idea well he's, he's the window's finally closed he knows what players um, are going to be here and which have gone unfortunately some we're still stuck with um, and hopefully Enzo continues to be strong and doesn't play them Um and sticks with the ones that want to want to play and want to be at the club. So now he, he he's got a, what is a settled squad. I fully expect one or two or even three more gears from us over the next few games, and yeah, especially after a defeat. So Rick, looking at that that Norwich game then, because if you look yeah. at the, the team that the Enzo's played so far in the league, it's been pretty settled minus the wingers, which he's rotated. The rest has pretty much been been the same, depending on availability. Would you make changes for that Norwich game based on what we've said South- in terms of? Is it Southampton first, then Norwich, or is it the other way yeah. around? Uh, it's fifteenth is fifteenth of October fifteenth of uh, September 15th Southampton. is Southampton. Southampton then Norwich is yeah, the sorry. Wednesday ignore me. So yeah, so you got Norwich on the brain palettes understand. Yeah. <laughs> um well, I'm going to Southampton. Um so, um w- would you based on what we've just said make yeah. changes from that team for Southampton 100%. or 100%. or is it Enzo, don't press the panic button and stick to your guns in terms of that's the team that he thinks is his best eleven. What would you do? Well, I, good question because sometimes you you react to the opposition as opposed to what's your best team and a you know against a different opposition. I personally don't think that Dewsbury Hall and Diddy and Winks as a midfield three is strong enough to cause problems going forward nor strong enough to help out defensively there seems to be a bit of a um something missing there 
Would, would you I not get... swap indeed in Winks in terms of the role they're being asked to play? Like, I, know, I know that Harry's yeah, good at that possibly. position, but Wilf is so not good at the other one that I think overall you'd get a more rounded team as opposed to oh. sticking Wilf. And he, for me, personally, he sticks out like a sore thumb. I mean, the, the two cup games, obviously, and Diddy in that role has been very, very strong, which, which sadly it's we don't get to play in one League Two. <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, and there's been a couple of other moments. And his goal was a cross. He, and it was a cross. <laughs> and his goal against Burton was, well, it looked like a good finish, but maybe it was a slice. I don't know. But mm. I don't know. I, I, the thing with Ndidi in that position is we know it's not his natural position. And even if he has a good game and you think, here we go, the next game he won't because that's just not his natural game. I just don't see him doing it consistently enough. Fine no. if he has to come off, come on in that role to give us a bit more... Um, you know, robustness and, and go forward. But I don't think he should be starting games there. And and we paid the price on Saturday because he... And I think against... Was it against Rotherham he came off after 55 minutes? So he, he's not doing enough in the league in that role. So, yeah, you, maybe you could pick him and put him... He, the one thing he does look better at this year is he looks like he's got his energy back. Do you know in the last couple of years... He yeah. didn't seem to be able to be in the position you needed to, him to be in, whatever position he was playing. So if he was playing as a defensive midfielder, he wasn't protecting the defence. He wasn't he wasn't there to snuff out danger. And if we were playing him as a centre-half, which we, we tried, didn't we, on a number of occasions, he didn't seem to ever be in position to, to sort of help out defensively. He looks like he's covering more of the ground now. So whether he's got his fitness levels back, whether he's motivated more, I don't know. So... I mean, he he was arguably one of the best defensive midfield destroyers in Europe. Yes, he couldn't pass the ball, but everything else, he was a machine at. So it's preposterous to think that that's vanished from him just because of a couple of years. Yeah, you might be right. Um, and then can Winks then play a bit more forward? I don't know. Possibly. Again, Winks' energy has surprised me. He's been very, he's very quick on the ball. Um, mm. So, yeah, you could certainly against tougher opposition away from home. I think long-term, though, that midfield three's got to have Cassidy in it. And if Jewsbury all doesn't get his finger out, then, you know, whether McAteer, you know, keep, continues to impress and gets a chance or, um, well, I mean, the, the long-term dream for me would be Will Alves when he's back fit. But, you know, that's a part dream and we don't know what he's like in senior football, really. But, He's obviously got the ability to beat players and, and drive forward. Um, but yeah, I don't know for that Southampton game what the team is. I just know that we've got to be quicker. We've got to be more decisive and we've got to be stronger at, at attacking because the end product's not there. You know, Dewsbury always whiffing shots left, right and centre and Diddy's doing the same. Ricardo, that you've got, we've got to be more clinical because we don't seem to be able to get our forward players in on goal. So if you can't, then you've got to stand up and be counted elsewhere. Otherwise, yeah. you'll get punished. Um, we've got some really good Dear Rick Flairs today, and we are doing Who Are You as well. So, Rick, before we do Dear Rick Flairs, then just on Abdul Fatawa Isahaku. That's what that's what I'm going with. Um, a bright spark at the weekend. Talk about being quick. Talk about being decisive. He looks like he could be um, that person but we don't want to put too much pressure on a teenager's shoulders though, right? Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't want to give him the kiss of death. I seem to have that rare ability with 
uh, wingers that I yearn for, and then <laughs> they're the bins like Tete, like Zolt Laxo all those years ago. But um, he looked like a breath of fresh air. He was so unpredictable. He's strong. He had a good first touch. He was confident. I think the thing is, we all were a little bit, not concerned, we were a little bit mystified as to was this signing going to work out because he barely Mm. played for Sporting's second team, let alone the first team. And was it going to be one of those random signings you see and then he you know, departs in January at the end of the season and he's made two appearances. He's anything but that on first showing. He looks so strong. He looks so unpredictable. And he's got that raw pace and, and strength that I don't think we've got that in abundance. You know, Eunice Atkin, um, I'm really impressed from the bits I've seen of him at Galatasaray, and or I didn't pronounce that correctly, sorry, George, and when he was at Demispor. <laughs> he, he's a creative sort um, who, you know, were good at threading balls through and, and crosses and stuff. I'm not so sure he's got that directness that Fatawu has. And he, he, I must admit, he disappointed on Saturday did that good. But, you know, first game, might have been a bit nervous. Perhaps didn't have quite the same uh, impetus in the game as when Fatawu came on and it turned a little bit and we were going for it with Mavadidi. But, yeah, Fatawu, um, yeah, I don't want to say too much more, but I'm, I'm counting down to the 15th of September because he, he'll get, yeah, he's the one now. Okay. Get us off our seats. Right, Christ, that is a kiss of death. Right, um, let's do some some dear Ric Flair's. I said we had, to, we had plenty of voice notes in, so again, thank you for people doing that. Um, you can send them in at any point, but we prefer voice notes. Um, so let's do some dear Ric Flair. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I need somebody help, not just anybody help. You know I need someone. Ric Flair. Right, so dear Ric Flair said four in today um which one do we start with today um yes rick you are correct at some point i do need to do an advert break 
I've forgotten. Um, <laughs> thank you for reminding me. We need to do two, actually. We'll do that. We'll squeeze in a couple towards the back end. Sorry. Um, right. So which ones do we go with first? I am thinking, let me just get rid of this music, that we go with Paul. Okay. So, Rick, first one for you today. This is Paul. Hi, chaps. Um, got a got a dear Rick Flair that I need some help with this week, so if I could have his opinion. Uh, I've got an issue with the missus about going to the Norwich game on Wednesday the 20th. Uh, I fly to Morocco the next day with the other half, and um, she's not best pleased about the fact that I want to go to Norwich away, and she's adamant that if I go to the game, I won't be going on holiday the next day. Um, so, Rick, I need your advice on how to lay into her nice and easy so that I can, you know, enjoy Norwich away and still get myself on holiday the following day. Cheers, fellas. So there we are. That's from, that's from Paul. I mean, it's a, it's a holiday, Rick. They've planned it. You can imagine she won't be best pleased if he gets back either really, really late or worse for wear and ruins the holiday. What do you reckon? What do you reckon? I, I personally don't see what the problem is. I mean, the holiday's the next day, isn't it? Is she going to say he's not allowed to go work just in case, I don't know, he stubs his toe or, or burns himself on the, the microwave? It's it's a separate thing. He's going the game on a, on a Wednesday night. He's going Morocco on a Thursday. There's, I don't see what the problem is. Is she, she going to stand still and not do anything on the Wednesday just in case something happens? No, she's not. She'll be packing. She'll be going down boots, getting all the bits and pieces. She'll be ringing him, texting him, saying he's got to do this. Let him go Norwich away. Let us secure the three points, and it'll be better for it. And she'll have a better holiday. Yes, but again, devil's advocate here, Rick. If he goes, right. I think he's. I think he's pretty set on going. He's going. Um, he's going. She's. She's not going to then say, "Sorry, you're not coming on holiday. I'm going on my own." So he's still going to go, but. What if then Frosty. she, yeah, for like what, the first, day, first couple of wow. days, is it worth it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you tell me, Norwich well, away, it's a, it's a, it, I mean, it's on the bucket list, isn't it? What a place. I mean, yeah. Um, Cancel Morocco and stay on the Norfolk Broads for a week. I mean, I personally would. Don't like going abroad anymore. I like, I like, I know where I am. I like to be able to get a, um, what to get in this country, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm I'm trying to big him up. He wants to go the game. I could be diplomatic and say that you know don't go, go and have a nice holiday in Morocco. But um, no, go the game. Mm. And um, uh, what about yeah. if he if he buys a, something nice before he goes to the game? Sweet. He, he could get her an he could get her a nice um, green and yellow scarf. <laughs> yes, of course. He, he could get cool. a green and yellow scarf off Jake. Uh, well, I mean, my my brother, who is a Norwich fan, probably has one. Um, but anyway, uh, next Talk one. Talk us through that then. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, how? What? How is your brother? Is he younger than you? Isn't he? So was no, he born? He's, he's older. No. So, okay. so for people who are unawares with this, yeah, I'm probably worth explaining the context. Um, Obviously, family were all from Leicester, uh, but dad was in the army. We moved around lots. Um, actually, when I was super young, I was in Dorset. And um, then I moved to Germany, then I moved to Norwich. And my older brother, Dale, 
um, isn't as mad into football as, as what we are. So when actually we lived in Dorset, he, he had this thing where he supported the team of where we lived. So he supported Southampton, you know? I mean, as I said, look, not, not mad about football. Lots of people do it. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's fair enough. I, but I was, always, I was always Leicester. And then we moved to, to Norfolk and then Dale decided to, to support Norwich. But Dale still lives in Norwich. You know, he's got a family there, etc. cetera. So ah, he, okay. he, is a, he is a Norwich fan. So this is why whenever it's Leicester Norwich, it's a bit of a, <laughs> a derby. But do you know what I mean? It's, it's a big deal within our household because obviously spent so long living in that area. And I've still got lots of friends and family who still live back there. So, yeah, if you did want... No, I'm not. No, that's not giveaway Dale's shirts and scarves. But but yeah, that's the Norwich link anyway for people who are unawares of it. I'm not actually a closet Norwich supporter. And also, when I I, I lived in Norwich, I was working in the media then. And I was covering them for like three four years. So again, people like Russell Martin, we talk about the fact they know Alec Neal. Like that's when I was working um, in media around the football club. So so there we are. I hope I now never have to explain my Norwich links. That's okay. Yeah. Got you. All right. Right. Um, next one, um, this one is from JD, um, okay. Rick, this is for you. Hey guys. Uh, Hey Rick, just a quick one. I was just wondering what was the favorite match you had in your long storied, uh, wrestling career? Love to hear back. Cheers guys. Big fan, big fan of the show. That's from JD, by the way. Thanks. So you get that one, Rick? Oh, am I being asked a wrestling question again? Yes. So um, I've checked JD's okay. uh, Twitter and he is a wrestling fan. Maybe, he a big wrestling fan? Maybe JD missed at the start where you admitted that actually, despite being named Rick Flair, you're not actually that big of a wrestling fan. So maybe if you ha- can't think of one, you can make up a time <laughs> two wrestlers that you know had a fight. <laughs> I mean, I, I get... I now know how Gabriel Jesus must feel when getting asked about um, what his favourite extra out of the New Testament is. It being called <laughs> Jesus. But, um, you know, my name's Ric Flair. I don't actually like wrestling. But, um, no, I used to like wrestling as a kid. My favourite ever wrestling, that obviously I, I didn't wrestle myself, as I said on the <laughs> episode before. Not had a fight since top infants at school. I'm a very placid man. Um was oh can't remember what WrestleMania it was, but um Hulk Hogan was in a lot of trouble and Ultimate Warrior came and rescued him and uh yeah. So that's my favourite. WrestleMania eight, nineteen ninety two, I'm gonna say. There we are. I made that up, but there we go. Rick, a better answer than I'd have. I think I think my favourite ever bout was uh, about ninety seven, ninety eight. Did you still watch it then? Uh probably not by then. Do you I think, you, yeah, I'll be more. I was more into swigging tins down the park. <laughs> you must, you must remember mankind, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, do you, remember, you, you might remember he fell off the in a Hell in a Cell match. He fell off the top of the cell through the commentary table. Yeah, I don't know. No, no. Um, right before we hear the rest of these, um, dear Ric Flair's, let's take a quick break. Sports Social Podcast Network. Right. So, next one. Uh, Rick, this is from Jack. Oh, I like this one as well. Um, this, this is an important one, Rick. Evening, lads. Loving the pod. 
Looking forward to listening to the next one. Uh, met Jord in Croatia a few weeks ago at a wedding. I was the one probably chewing your ear off all night about the city, mate. So apologies for that one. Um, yeah, Rick as well. I think you've still got that video of my old man kicking off after knockout missed against Watford. So, yeah, <laughs> oh, no, um, yeah Rick, off the topic a little bit, but I'm actually the first team captain at Barwell Cricket Club. Shout out to all the lads down there. Um, and with two games to go in the season, we currently sit second in the league. And the top two get promoted to Division 1, so playing at a good standard next year, hopefully. Um, but we've actually lost the last five games, so we've bottled it a little bit. Um, we should have been fucking home and hose by now, actually. Top of the league, we were at five weeks ago, top of the league, 40-odd points clear, but we've had a bit of a wobble. But I need to give the lads a bit of a pep talk, ideally, Saturday before the game. Um, so wondered whether Rick had got anything that, you know, sort of gladiator-style team talk I could give to the lads that might get them up for the game a little bit. Anything that he can suggest would be uh, hugely appreciated. So, cheers, lads. So there we are. Oh, yeah. See, I think you're. I think Jack's come to the right guy. A rousing yeah. speech, a bit of struggling. I, I think I think you, you'd have something in the locker. Well, if you want, I know Jack, sort of. I know his sister more. Um, if he wants me to come down into the dressing room before the game, I'm more than happy to come down. Um, but what I would do, I'd get mm. a, one of them cricket ball-sized scotch eggs. <laughs> I'd stick it in a sock. Yes. Right? <laughs> and I'd smack every single one of them over the head with it. Right? <laughs> okay. And then I'd empty out the scotch egg out of the sock and I'd make every single one of them eat a little piece of the scotch egg. It's a, you're sharing that. It's the communal spirit of the Scotch egg, yeah? <laughs> if they eat that, I guarantee yes. they'll win the next two games. You don't need to say anything. It's all about taking the punishment. They've lost five in a row. They've been bad lads. It won't hurt them because it's Scotch egg, isn't it? But belt <laughs> them around the head with that and then rid yourself of your sins Yeah. and then go out there and win. Sounds like some kind of religious cult we've just created there. I'm thinking of, you know, when you go to church and you have a bit of wine and they, they break a bit of bread in, in the, the Rick world of religion. Is that how you do things? You, you break the Scotch egg. You're that's, blessed. It. It's about, that's it. It's about, you've got to, you've got to break through the, the sort of mm. the mental slavery that they're putting themselves through because it's five defeats on the spin. It's difficult to overcome that. You've got to shock the senses, and there's nothing more shocking than a bit of sausage, meat, and egg. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. I th I wonderful advice, I think, Rick. Uh, Jack, I hope that was helpful. Um, get the Scotch eggs in, mate. Right, final one, Rick. You ready? Go on, man. Right, here we go. Dear Rick Flair, hi. My name is Wake Jackson, and I've got a question for you. So, I ran a half marathon this weekend, and it was really, really warm, and I didn't really like it. I'm doing a marathon in less than a month, and I feel painfully unprepared. What do you think I should do? Would it be okay to bail? Love the pod. Cheers, Rick. Take care, mate. This is from Wake Jackson, age 25 and a half. Sounds like a great bloke. 
no doesn't he? Yeah, very trustworthy. So no reason to to yeah. not believe he's twenty five and a half. Can't say I'm un, un, underprepared either. Um, but advice for for Wake. Um, what I would do if I was Wake Jackson is <laughs> I would really ramp up the sponsorship. Yeah. Mm. So really get everyone to dig deep. Um, and then I'd use some of that money to pay for somebody else to run it for you. Right, yeah. And then um, you have the day off. You? And then meet them at the finish line. Right, okay. But obviously not me, like you, but you mean Wake. Wake, which is yeah. you, I presume. No. If you if you if you if you change the letters of the name. No. Oh sorry. No. Oh god, I thought it might have been you. <laughs> oh dear. Right. Um dear Rick Flares, thank you all um for those messages in. As I said, I much prefer the voice notes. Uh so send them you can do it on Instagram or Twitter, just DM them and then you will get you on the pod. Right. Um let's now do a bit of who are you? Who is your daddy, and what does he do? Who are you? You. No, not me, you. Yes, I am you. Just answer the damn questions. Who are you? Wait a minute. Who are you? Right then. So, um, I can't remember, but I can only presume Rick won last week. It was Gary Ted Fletcher, actually, wasn't it? It was. It was. So, Rick won last week unsurprisingly because that's always what happens and we couldn't work out who was supposed to be quizmaster i think it may have been jack but jack is obviously not here um so jordan is going to step up to the plate today so it is man on man me versus rick and shoot out i'm telling you rick i think that i've let you get in my head (laughs) and i think actually i've just i'm almost allowing you to win now but actually I'm I'm as good as you, mate. I think you are, mate. This is so. This is going back to Jack about his cricket. You've got to emancipate yourself from mental slavery. Yeah. You can't, I'm not that good. I'm You've not crushed a clever me man. Like a Scotch egg. So you know, take the symbolism of that. Exactly. No. I'm going to let you win. No, don't do to that. Help you feel better. All right. I won't. No, All right. I want you to be at your best. All right. Mm. Don't don't don't. I don't want pity, Scotch egg. See, I've got, I've got, I've got in your mind again already. Nah, mind games. We can't. Right, come on, Jordan. I'm going to get this on the first clue. Right, th- this is a bit hastily cobbled together, a bit <laughs> like, um, a bit like Jake's was the other week. But um, we'll start with the, the obvious one. I was born on the 11th of May, 1974. Oh, fuck, he's old. This is the devil. Yeah, I don't like the old ones. 74. Oh, what's that? Um, well, that is 49. Yeah. It's 49. 49, 49. Maths a lot quicker than mine. I'll let you have that one. Um, His first... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on. His first of many loan moves was at Swindon Town in 1997. He then went on to make eight loan moves in his career. Not whilst he was at Leicester, just in his eight lame low moves in general. In right. Swindon in ninety-seven. So seventy-four. So did he twenty-five when he went on loan to Swindon? 
was this Swindon no. on loan from oh, Leicester? No. no, it wasn't on loan from Leicester, but he, he made his professional uh, bow <laughs> at Swindon Town in 1997. Okay. All right. So he was at another club, but never made a professional. He, went, he made his professional debut on loan at Swindon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've got it. I haven't got it, but I got. I'm trying, I'm trying to be deliberately vague because I'm mm. shit at this game. Um, so he did come on loan to Leicester in the 2009 season. He made four appearances for the club in 2009. What's the 2009 year? I'm always rubbish at this. This is where I struggle remembering what was each year. So who was 2009? 2009, was that Pearson? I think that's it was Pearson, wasn't it? Or is it Pearson? No, it was Pearson. It was Nigel Pearson. Is that the answer? And he was and he was thirty-five when he came on loan. Um, Mark Edgeworthy. Edgeworthy. (laughs) It's not very good guesses, but it's no debate. I swear to God, if you got Mark Edgeworthy off that, but no, not not Sean Newton. No, no. Right, I'll uh, I'll narrow it down a bit now. I'm, I'm actually enjoying the power. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won two trophies in his career. One was League One with Leicester City. The other was the same division. That yeah, that's right, the same division, which wasn't named League One. It was called the Second Division in 2001. Wow, this is good, George. I like this. Is it Barry like Hales? It. It's not Barry no, Hales. Not um, so what was he, 35 when he was at Leicester? I th- um, that's what I'm making in 2009. He was 74. So and it was and it was the le- he won the league one and he was one league one, he was thirty-five. Okay, so we came up, he came he, we had him the year before then. We actually we had him in 08, 09. Um oh, it's gotta be a goalkeeper. A goal, it's a goalkeeper. As, um, as we oh, take clues, as we take clues off Wikipedia, there is no mention of his career at Leicester City. So oh, that should be interesting. Thirty-five, you should remember. And we so that's the relegation year. But we had so no, many it players. Was, no, it was the year was we it? won it. It was the year we won, won League one. League one. So that makes it even oh, strange. That should be easier. We had a load of goalkeepers on loan that season. Yeah, but I don't think any of them were Mark really old. Bond. David Warner, Stockdale, David Martin. Stockdale, yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. Already. Do you want another clue? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to think of one. We might have to shake hands on a drawer here. Nah, fuck that. I'm going to win today. No, there's two, more, there's two more clues and the last one will give it away. So... Um, he finished his career at Accrington Stanley in 2019. He didn't make any appearances. 2019? 2019? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was 45. Right. So I'll add a couple more on the back of that clue. Um, he, in total, he made 360 appearances in his career. Didn't score yeah. once. So he's a goalkeeper. And going back to his first club, <laughs> he made 120 appearances on the bench. And he had a little nickname, which I can't reveal because that would give it away. I don't... 
I can guarantee Con- people it's not listening. Conrad Logan, is it? Pe- no. People listening would have got this. That, you'll get it after the next clue, so it's going to be. Oh, people listening finger. have got this already. Yeah, this is a. Swindon, I'm not happy with myself. Accrington goalkeeper. It's got to be a goalkeeper. Yeah, it is. It's a goalkeeper. It's that season. Who did we have? It's not. It's not. No, it's not Paul Henderson because no. No. And Rick, I chose this purposely because <laughs> Rick has a. Is it a penchant for goalkeepers? Mm, I there he does. Oh. I'm amazed we've not got this, and I'm really annoyed. I can't think because I that year, that season, that's usually a good one for me. That League One season. <sighs> I know we had lots of goalkeepers. David Martin, David Stockdale. It wasn't someone we had as like a, a, a coach as well, was it? Um, Clearly, he was uh, only here briefly on loan. He he currently is a coach, if that helps, Rick, mm. at Reading. Who's the manager Ooh. at Reading? I can't remember. Oh, it's um, Roman Sellis. Wonder if he took him from Southampton. No. Go on, let's have the other clue. <laughs> the final clue will give it away. Come on! It's, it's almost like it doesn't count. This has gone this long. <laughs> Penos, this. Are you letting me win, Rick? Is this what's happening here? No, you got it no, ages honestly, ago, mate. didn't you? Honestly. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Hang on. Right. So, <laughs> give us initials. Okay, I made. This is brilliant. I made two international appearances between 2006 and 2011. I wasn't selected for the 2006 World Cup campaign. And his final friendly was against Iceland at Loftus Road. And the the clue is the 2006 World Cup squad. 2006 World Cup. Why can I not? This is embarrassing. Uh, I can't think of another goal. And if you're really struggling, I'll tell you where he's from. You might have to. I think we might. I think you might have to. This is going to be a shit listen for everyone. So he he made two appearances for Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, Why can't I still think of it? And and right, this should surely give it away. He made his name where he won the, his, his other league. <laughs> 202 appearances, club legend for Millwall. Tony Warner. It is Tony Warner. <laughs> did I not say Tony Warner ages ago? You didn't. You, you did. definitely didn't. You I said we did because me and you went through and we said, I said it. I, I said, said Tony well, Warner. We said Mark Bourne, Tony <laughs> Warner. I think we both there. said Tony Warner. <laughs> we did. <laughs> and, and, I I chose Warner before. Because yeah. <laughs> you, t- you no, because you took the mick out of me because apparently I <laughs> you said one of his nicknames he looked like someone from Only Fools and Horses. Yes, Denzel, because he, yeah. he played in the Remember. he played in the FA Cup final. And I yeah, yeah and I said yeah. I didn't watch Only Fools and Horses and you took the piss out of my guess. Yeah. Because I apparently I said someone else. We're gonna have I, to do it again. <laughs> I think We've John. Not only, another one. Not only have we done Tony Warner before, I think me and Rick both guessed Tony Warner yeah. at some point. But other than that, that was a really good game. Right, let me it do another was fantastic. One. Another one has, has sprung to mind. Right, it might be really, really quick. 
I in my head, I definitely then I, I may have mumbled it, but we'll, we'll have to do listen back. Um, yeah. In in this point here, Jordan, it's got to be No, but we'll put a gap here, and <laughs> I'm going to put in the bit of audio that says either me or Rick said it. So then, having listened back to the podcast, this is the part where if you listen closely, Rick says Warner. And then after, I say, we've already had Warner. We had a load of goalkeepers on loan that season. Yeah, but I don't think any of them were really old. David Stockdale, David Martin. Stockdale, yeah. They've done already. In Jordan's defence, it is quite quiet, and I can understand why he didn't hear. But the official ruling, having listened back, is that A, Jordan is rubbish at being Quizmaster because we've already done bloody Tony Warner. And then secondly, Rick wins again. He's going to cut it. He's going to cut it if it were me. Yeah. Tony Warner. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I've loved that. George, you are absolute chaos. Who are you? I love it. I thought it'd be easier if you'd been in charge, but no. We've we've got to be AR. We've got another one. (laughs) Go on. Have a quick Why the hell not? I was born on the 12th of July, 1968. Even older. What? So what? Fifty-five. Okay. Fifty-five. Okay. I finished my career at Bradford City, scoring one goal in nine games. Okay. Brian Carey. No, that's a great guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Um, I had one managerial job in 2001-2002 with Bamber Bridge. Right, okay. Ooh, which is based on. near I used, Preston. I used to go uni I, up near Bamber Bridge. I, I've heard... Oh, who's this? Oh, my God. Sh- Bamber Bridge. If it was Chorley, I would tell you. Right. I think I'll get it, though. I think I was at, so at you. No, I wasn't at uni there. Christ, my old. Ready for another clue? Yeah. Okay, I began my career at Halifax Town in 1986, but I didn't make an appearance. I then moved to Stockport County, where I played 10 games before moving to Darlington when I was sa- signed Cold by Trotter. Le- no. Cold Trotter. I was oh, signed. Phil G. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was signed, was signed by, by Leicester Little. City for two hundred and fifty grand. By put by Brian Little. It was by Brian Little because Brian Little managed Darlington. So you're uh, older than me. Oh, hang on. You you would know this name. Ni- not Nicky Moran. No, Mickey Nicky Moen. <laughs> you're you're just naming players <laughs> that played in that era now. Darlington, Halifax, Stockport ended at Bradford. And, and Little signed it from Darlington. Jeez, I need, grand. That's a decent wedge. Yeah, I need, I, decent I need wedge. more though, George. I need another clue. It's not Steve Agnew. No, because... <laughs> Rick's just going to carry on shouting names. I was at Leicester from 91 to 1997 oh, and I made okay. 60 appearances, which is not a lot. It's not a lot, is um, it? Scoring three goals. 
Um, um, and I'll give you a, this is a really nice little Nicky Platt now. No. no. He came back into the media spotlight in 2007. Jamie Lawrence? No. No, 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 no. When it was reported that Steve Finnan was the only player to score in the top five divisions of English football. Jimmy Willis. It is Jimmy Willis. It's Jimmy Willis. Never mind. He had had scored for everybody. Yeah. Um, Darlington. Remember him scoring for us in the Prem. It went Chelsea. Is it he scored against Jimmy Willis? Yeah, you're you're the man to know that one, mate. Sorry, no idea. Okay, well, I mean, Rick may have won it. Well, Not you sure. may have won it though. What the originally. first one? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you might have done. So can we, can anyway. we have a repeat one though? That's the only thing, isn't it? Unfortunately, well, I can't listen back to right now, but I'm I'm certain I said it. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, amazingly. We've gone really long today, even though we're one we're one man down on on the pod, um, and that was mainly spent over that. Who are yeah, I'm Tony Warner. Um, Just in twenty so, minutes. So no, but seeing as then we've not actually got a game to to look ahead to as such this weekend because it is international break. Do we have any other business before we before we finish up? And, and Weldon, if you have managed to to stick around this long, you, you may well have got bored um, during that that first attempt at Who Are You. So well done if you've carried on through. <laughs> We've got anything? No? No. No? no. Nothing? I don't think so. I think we're all exhausted. Right. Yeah. Okay, then. Right. We'll leave it there. Um, thanks to Pussy Man Dan for joining us. That feels like last week now, um, him coming on the <laughs> podcast, but it was only about an hour or so ago. Um, Jack will be back next week. And I presume, are we going to have a weekend, a week off? Because there's there's no football? I mean, unless anything major happens... Um, we'll probably give ourselves a, a week off and then we'll do you another podcast um, ahead of Southampton, not Norwich. Um, so, yeah, that's the plan. Um, if it's anything majorly different, we'll notify you on on Twitter and, and whatnot. But um, let's play out the show as we do with a bit, a bit of Leicester Fiesta. Thanks once again to everyone who's listened.